Welcome to the Recognizing Potential podcast with your host and certified relationship coach, Cameron Thompson Alaricki. This is the podcast for all things real and raw on building the healthiest, happiest marriage and parenting relationships possible. As a coach, I am on a mission to help couples divorce proof their marriages. Together, my clients and I are changing the statistic that half of marriages end in divorce by learning and more importantly, applying tools and tips on how to communicate clearly, create peace and love generously. I am happily married and we have two boys and in my spare time, you can find me reading, painting and traveling this gorgeous, incredible world. Now let's get on with the show. Happy New Year! Uh, I'm so excited to make it to 2022. This is going to be a stellar year, definitely one for the books. As I have made all of my goals individually, as Mo and I have made them as a couple, we've made some as a family, this year is going to be epic. Like, there's so many things that we are going to do as a family, so much more travel so much more focus and consistency. That is one of my big words. I have two this year, me and consistency. Uh, There's a lot of things that like the podcast that I haven't been completely consistent with. And I'm really excited to really dig into that and push myself to be more consistent and getting episodes out. But also for me, I never put myself first and I kind of talked about this in the last episode, so I won't go very long on it, but me, you know, there's only one of me and as a mom and as a pilot wife, if I'm not at my best, my family is not at their best. And so I'm really excited to push myself, um, both physically and just try to, um, really get to a place where I am happy with myself, where I have developed that mindset of good enough for me, not for anybody else, but for me, and to really dig in and find more hobbies, find a community that I am excited about and can be a part of. Um, Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of really great things happening for us. Before we get started, I will say this episode is not one for little ears. So if you have kiddos, go ahead and shut this off and come back to it later. Um, We are going to be talking about some more intimate topics today with connection. And um, I don't really think you want to answer and field all of those questions. So here we go. Um, Without further ado, let's jump in. So one thing that I'm seeing with my clients and friends and followers being a pilot wife, I'm um, creating an aviation summit for February, and that's one of the really exciting things that I have coming up as well. But I have pulled all of these people and, you know, just asked, hey, what are you struggling with in your relationship right now? And so many people are saying that connection is one of the things that they're struggling with. And I'll be honest, it's even been something that my husband and I have struggled with these past few months, not consistently, just at certain times, um, but it's definitely been a card on the table. And so I want to kind of speak into that a little bit today and help whoever I can with that. So in order to understand why your connection is lacking, you have to understand connection itself. 
humans start looking for connection as soon as we're born. Like, think about it. It starts with that feeling, that skin-to-skin contact we get with our parents straight out of the womb. And when we get that, we feel comfort and love and safety there, both physically and emotionally. When you have somebody embrace you in a hug, most of the time, you're going to feel like you're safer when that person is hugging you. You're going to feel like you're emotionally connected. And that drive to find emotional safety with other human beings, that deep, deep need for physical comfort extends throughout our entire lives. You know, when we're little and we get hurt or someone hurts our feelings, you know, we want to go to our parents and ask for a hug. Or, you know, if our mom kisses our, you know, our scrape or our cut or something, it automatically feels a little bit better, right? Because we get that comfort. That search for emotional safety is part of our survival. And this may be a newsflash for some of you, and it may not. Some of you may be aware of it yourself, how how much you drive to find that connection. Some of you may think, um, that's crap and I don't have that. It's because you've lost contact with it. Oh, 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 but my friend, it is deeply suppressed, but it's still there. Emotional safety leads to emotional connection and emotional connection leads to emotional intimacy. So it's a chain reaction. When emotional intimacy is lacking in marriage, it creates this deep black hole of emptiness and emotional discomfort, like something's missing, like like it's the puzzle that's just missing that one piece. Hey guys, real quick, if you are loving this podcast episode, give it a quick like and share it with your friends. You never know who might also benefit from the information that you're loving. Tag me in your post so that I can thank you and chat with you because I love getting to know and connect with my audience. And also leave a review. It helps the podcast grow and get in front of more people. And this helps the mission to divorce-proof marriages, and we all know somebody who could benefit from that. So thanks so much, and back to the episode. Both of these, the lack of emotional connection and the lack of intimacy, they cause people to behave in ways that hurt themselves and others. So when we're missing something in our own lives, that's when we tend to feel off and we say things we don't actually mean or we say things that are a little bit more blunt than what we could otherwise. So remember how I'm always saying that behavior is communication of an unmet need? This still applies here. Your spouse, when they get angry or they lash out or they tell you, hey, I need more connection. They get a little bit more clingy, a little bit more needy. The unmet need is emotional connection or emotional intimacy. And the behavior that they're communicating that to you with sometimes is a little bit less than lovable. So in 2022, I challenge you to develop a deeper emotional intimacy with your partner. And today we're going to talk about how. So that's, remember when I said that I was trying to cultivate a sense of good enough within myself? Good enough is not perfect. We and nothing is ever going to be perfect. But this sense of good enough is lacking in the world because we're always pushing for more and pushing for better, which is not bad. 
as long as you understand what your expectation of good enough is. If you're striving for something, but you don't know where the end goal is, then you're never going to hit it. It's never going to be good enough, right? The sense of good enough understands that no one in your home is ever going to be emotionally available or emotionally present or emotionally supportive 100% of the time. However, it is also striving for yourself for at least 50% of the time, okay? So you're striving to be emotionally available, present, and supportive at least 50% of the time. So what does that look like? It's giving your partner and your children a felt experience of being seen, heard, understood, wanted, and loved in all situations, okay? And that's the emphasis there is on the feel, their feeling, okay? You could have the perspective that you're giving that, but if they're not feeling that, there's somewhere that the message is being disconnected, especially when they're feeling emotional distress. So I heard this a couple of days ago. There's a thing in therapy called stitching, and I'm actually not going to touch a lot on that because I am interviewing a therapist later in the month that I'm going to touch on that more with her. So I don't want to get into it really deep here and then you be um, checked out when I interview her. But stitching is so important to your relationship. So ask yourself this question. Can you make your partner feel angry in less than one minute? Is there something that you can say to make your partner angry in less than one minute? Most likely, yes. Most likely, it wouldn't even take you a minute. Now, if your partner is feeling emotional distress, anger, anxiety, sadness, fear, loss of of anything, loss of people or loss of control, loss of um, their job, loss in any situation, or disappointment, can you help them to get back to, to neutrality, back to a center of homeostasis, back to calm and feeling like everything is going to be okay in less than a minute? If not, that tells you everything you need to know about marriage. That tells you everything that you need to know in terms of you as a spouse, that if you can make your partner, think about this, like really think about it. If you can make your partner angry in less than a minute, but you can't help them when they need you the most, what's that say about your marriage? Your marriage is backwards, right? But even deeper than that, you being okay with the fact that you can anger or upset your partner and get them all riled up and increase their blood pressure and you know say things that trigger them. We're not making them, hear me out here, we're not making them feel a certain way. You are, con- you are in control of your own emotions. However, you can trigger them to feel that way. So if you're okay with triggering them and you know their triggers, then you have enough spousal awareness for the negative, but you don't have enough spousal awareness for the positive. Your individual mindset is completely backwards in being a spouse. Being a spouse is being 
they're ride or die, being that person's person. We want the best for our people, right? You want the best for your friends. So why would you want anything different from your spouse? So really think about that. I actually, in my one-on-one program, I teach that. I teach you how to be emotionally available, emotionally present. Everything that I'm talking about today is taught in my one-on-one program. So it's giving your partner and your children that felt experience. So when your partner or your children are acting out and they're needing something from you to help them get back to point of neutrality, then, and yes, sometimes those who need love the most ask for it in the most unloving ways. You understand that in that moment, they're not trying to be a jack wagon. They're trying to get an unmet need met. So it means that instead of saying things like, you're okay, you're fine, or stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about, to your kids, you say things like, how can I help you right now? I see that you are, and then insert the emotion. I see that you're frustrated. I see that you're angry. Wow, I see that you're having a really hard time right now. How can I help you? Or asking things like, is your body hurt or are your feelings hurt? Proceeded with, do you need a drink? Do you need a snack? Do you need to put that toy down for a little bit and come back later? Do you need me to help you? Do you need a hug? Do you need a solution and a hug? It's not getting angry at them because they're communicating that unmet need. You are teaching other people, your spouse and your children, how to talk to you or how to communicate. So if you get mad at your spouse when they ask questions about their job and you're like, we've gone through this like a thousand times, then you're teaching your partner, hey, you can't talk to me. You can't ask me questions about my job because I am going to react in a rude and disrespectful way. So they stop asking. And then later, you feel like your needs aren't met in an emotional way because you have taught them that they can't talk to you about stuff, but then you wonder why they don't ask about your job. If your partner comes home and you're constantly exhausted or you're constantly you know, frazzled because of the kids and they say, how was your day? And you say, look around. How do you think my day was? If you're sarcastic or you're rude, you're teaching them not to ask about your day. It's the same way with your kids. If you get angry at them because you're in a public place and they're having a meltdown, they're communicating an unmet need and you're angry because you're afraid of being judged by others. You're not mad at them. You're mad at the fact that you might be judged by others. So instead of helping them meet their need, you're teaching them that they can't communicate their emotions because then they're going to get in trouble and that's unsafe. So it's not getting angry at them because they're communicating. It's understanding that they don't have the emotional regulation or their vocabulary to communicate with words in a respectful and calm manner. Many adults don't even have this. So having that expectation for your kids is completely unrealistic anyway. It means that you develop connection with your spouse by getting to know them again. 
guys, think about it. Like when you were dating, when Mo and I were dating, granted, we were in a long distance relationship and he was in Egypt and I was in Texas. So, you know, we were exactly able to see each other every other weekend or, you know, even drive to each other. It was going to be hella expensive just to see each other. But we did once I was able to go to Egypt and have an amazing time. And, um, that was great, but our emotional connection was completely developed by spending hours on the phone talking and asking questions. The other day, uh, he and I were talking about this and we were also talking about, you know, we were reflecting on 2021 and I mentioned not feeling connected and then referenced these conversations that we had when we were dating. And he replied, yeah, but babe, we're done with that. Like we did that when we were dating. So we don't need to have those conversations again. As a couple, you're constantly having those conversations because you're constantly evolving. I am not the same person that I was seven years ago. Thank God for that. Has anybody ever looked at their Facebook statuses from seven years ago? Like, oh, oy vey. So just that right there tells you how much growth you've had. But it's the same thing with you as a parent and you as a, you, you know, you're not the same parent that you were when you had one kid versus when you have two or more. You're not the same spouse that you were five years ago. So do you know your partner now? Do you know yourself now? So start there. Asking open-ended questions. Any question that is more, that requires a deeper answer than yes or no. Digging deeper into things, promoting that emotional connection builds that emotional intimacy, which by the way, leads us into the most, into the physical intimacy. So here's where you're going to shut this off if you haven't already, um, because we're going to get into a much deeper topic. So let's talk about sex. Physical intimacy for men. If you haven't caught this on, uh, this was a few episodes back, but I'll just recap quickly. When men are growing up, men are taught, hey, the more sexual partners you have, the cooler you are. So sex is taught. It's never taught like, hey, you need emotions to to connect sexually. Men are taught sex is just sex. That's all it is. Women, on the other hand, are taught that if she has a certain number of partners or more than just a couple then she's a whore. She's a slut. She's all these negative connotations, right? So she's taught you do not give up the cookie for less than those three little words. I love you. So I love you is created when you have emotional, emotional connection. But this is why a lot of women are cut off emotionally. And it takes a lot more as a man for you to, to, dig into and for you to, um, have as an output in terms of emotional intimacy for the woman to actually connect with you sexually. So if your partner is, doesn't have the drive, if your partner is checked out and it just seems like they're going through the motions and they're not really into it, the emotional intimacy is probably lacking in your marriage. So When your emotional intimacy, remember, is created by emotional connection. So when that increases, your physical intimacy is is increased. So how do you do that? 
you get to know them again. You ask those open-ended questions. You converse. Men are report talkers, okay? So how was your day? Good. What'd you do? Had a couple meetings, went to lunch, it was cool. No big deal. Report. They give the they give basics, okay? Women are rapport talkers. We build relationships. How was your day? It was so great. I went to lunch, had the Cobb salad. Oh my gosh, did you know that so-and-so down the street's getting a divorce? Did you know so-and-so just bought a house? Did you know that so-and-so is pregnant? That we're giving details about our lives. Oh my gosh, my friend's kids just did the cutest thing. They built a little blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, we should get our kid into this and this and this because this person's kid's in that. And they said that it was a wonderful thing. So we're rapport talkers. Understanding that, you understand your partner a little bit better, which men understand that in order to create emotional intimacy, you have to open up. You have to be vulnerable. You have to understand that the emotional connection means that you have a safe space to talk. It's not that you don't have emotions. You have just as many as women do. You just have to tap into those. And you have to feel able to talk about it. You've been taught, men, that growing up, emotions weren't safe to talk about because you probably got taught, take it like a man, suck it up, stop crying, men don't cry, men don't talk about feelings. Guess what? That's that's old news. That's old school thinking. You have to reparent yourself to, to understand that you do talk about emotions. And that doing so is not weak. That makes you one of the strongest human beings ever. And when you can manage your emotions and you can express those in a healthy manner, also taught in my one-on-one program, by the way, that makes you an even better husband, an even better father, because now you're modeling something completely different and better for your children than what you had modeled for you. You're teaching your children how to be healthy, not only physically and mentally, but emotionally as well. So they have better relationships, a lesser chance of divorce, and they're able to have better jobs, better social skills, all of these things that will make them a better, more well-rounded, successful human being when they get older. So going back to the physical intimacy You have to connect. You have to have these open-ended conversations and digging deeper into things. Promoting that also helps your life in the bedroom. So why not? Emotional support skills are learned. These are skills like emotional validation. Understanding that when your partner says things like, hey, I'm having a really hard time here juggling the kids and all the responsibilities at home and I'm working really hard, you don't hear working really hard and be like, well, I do too. I work hard. It's not an attack on you. Your partner is is not attacking you. They're expressing their emotions. So instead of saying, well, I do too, you say, I get it. You're, you, how you feel is completely validated. Let's find a solution for this. Do you need you know, do you need us to hire a nanny a couple of days a week? Do you need to put the kids in daycare? Do you need to quit your job? Do you need to, you know, what can we do? Men, you guys are fixers. You're problem solvers. 
So when women, which also ladies, this is a communication hack too. When you start a a conversation, your man is automatically going to want to fix it. So if you're just venting, you have to say, I don't need you to fix anything right now. I just need you to listen. I just need to vent. Men, if you need us to do more, like if you need us to fix something, you need to say, hey, can you help me come up with a solution on this? I'm, you know, running into a jam. I'm not able to think of something because I think I'm too close to it, which happens a lot. That is an emotional expression as well. It's also reflection, which is another emotional support skill that is learned. Being able to reflect, oh, yeah, kind of lost my shit on that one. So I'm going to need to next time, you know, step back, take a couple deep breaths. I'm going to need to and come up with some way for you to emotionally regulate without losing your mind. It's about mindfulness. It's about active listening. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. If you're listening to respond and you're not listening to really understand where your partner is coming from, that's a problem. And your communication is going to lack. Your emotional intimacy is going to lack. Your emotional connection, all of it is going to be lacking. So to make your relationship better, you have to have those communication skills, the act of listening, not only the self-regulation, but the co-regulation, which is where that whole thing with if you can make your partner angry, but you can't help them get back to neutrality, that's co-regulation. And the biggest one of all, and this may be a trigger for some of you, is empathy. Empathy is lacking in so many levels in the world right now. So many levels. We want to make everything a competition. We want to make everything you versus me, this versus that. It can't just be an understanding. And that's a problem. It's creating so much division in this world. If we had all of these emotional support skills that are learned, if we have, they're not taught in school, guys. They're not taught. I was a teacher for eight years. They are not taught. Teachers try. They try to teach things like sharing and they try to teach things like expressing their feelings. But teachers are so overloaded that they don't, that it's not built into the curriculum. There's not time for that. That's extra. So if they get taught emotional regulation or, you know, feelings or anything like that, that is icing on the cake and it is not a priority for teachers especially if they've been in the education system longer than about 15 years. So if you have a lack of empathy, if you were brought up in a culture that's a little bit colder, my husband is Middle Eastern and as a culture, they are a little bit colder than what we Americans are. He's told me that himself. As a culture, this is like, American men were brought up not talking about feelings. Um, Middle Eastern men are talk are brought up like really not talking about feelings. So that being said, like these are skills that my husband has had to learn. And it makes, honestly, makes me more attracted to him that he's trying to do that because that means that he prioritizes his mental health. He prioritizes his job as a model for our sons and 
it, he prioritizes our marriage enough to understand that that connection is something that we both need in order to have the best marriage possible. So if you're sitting there, men, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I don't want to talk about feelings because feelings are gross and feelings like, ooh, just know that your wife is going to be a lot more attracted to you if you do. And then that opens up the gate for more emotional connectedness, more emotional intimacy, and better physical intimacy. I hope this has helped. I do have a brand new course coming out, and it is going to be self-study with the option of coaching. So, of course, if you're if you've listened to this and you're like, wow, yeah, I 100% need to work on my emotional connection. I 100% need to learn those skills. You have a couple of options. You have the one-on-one program, which teaches this and will help your marriage as a whole. There's also, um, if you just are missing the emotional, the emotional connection piece, you can get into the eight-week self-study course that has 30 emotionally connecting questions included, as well as eight modules for you to go through that will teach you some of those um, those skills like the emotional validation, the reflection, the active listening, communication, things like that. And it's not nearly as intense as the one-on-one program, but it does teach those things and will help you get that piece of the puzzle put back in place. So if you're interested in that, email me at coaching at recognizingpotential.com and I will help you get set up with that. Um, In any case, make 2022 the year that you put your marriage first, the year that you really prioritize what's lacking and put it into place, the year that you increase your emotional connection and become the strong couple that you want. Reach out if you need help. Again, email me at coaching at recognizingpotential.com and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Recognizing Potential podcast. If you found the content in this episode helpful, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. I appreciate it so much, and it would absolutely make my day if you would share this episode by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social media. I'll leave ways to tag me in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.